Ben's teaching last night. That girl is an evangelist. No kidding. She did her very first teaching last night. And I have to let you know, I wanted to come up and get saved. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You know what I mean? You know when you already get saved and you're just like, okay, great. You hear the whole, come up if you don't know Christ. Man, the way she taught, it was like you just all wanted to just come up and reaffirm yourself over and over and over again. She did such a great job. And, you know, it is kind of interesting because Robin has been with this ministry for about six years. And um, how old is Phineas now? Five? Five in August, right? So she's been here almost six years. And let me tell you, it is incredible when you think about what God can do in six years. And so when you see somebody become so selfless as they, I love this, she truly has the testimony of somebody who pushes forward and then falls back pushes forward, and then falls back. And that's what she taught on last night. Now she's on overdrive to run forward towards what God has for her to do. And they're working out things with the screen while this happens. So we're going to have to do some scripture from the book until that. But I just wanted to just let, if any, we are putting that on tape. We are going to put it on the website. Usually when somebody does their first couple teachings, we don't you know, tape or put them on, but that was a, that was an excellent teaching. It's definitely going to go, it's definitely going to go on. So, um, let me wait for everybody to get settled. Who do we still need? Tori, you're coming. Are you going to work up there? Okay. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It was, it was good. It was very good. I know. I never heard that. A rolling stone gathers no moss. That was good. I was like visualizing the stone rolling. And yeah, it can't pick up moss if it's rolling, you know. That was good. Who we still who do we got? Praise the Lord. We still don't have we still don't have Hey, well no, you just have to know I grew up in a household. We weren't allowed to out to friends. Six the same six kids came to my birthday priority. That was my brothers and sisters. We really, we didn't have TV. We really weren't. I was really raised very isolated. So little sayings like that that you'd pick up. If it wasn't said in my home, I don't know it. <laughs> but praise God. I want to open up with a verse and um, just honoring God. So let's just, we'll just pray and, and just open up with inviting in the Holy Spirit. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we just honor you and we lift up the name of Jesus. And we just, we just, how will be thy name? Lord, we just lift you up, exalt your name, glorify you, and we just thank you that you have called us to be into a priesthood that we are called to holiness. So, Lord, I thank you for that, and Lord, we just ask the Holy Spirit to open up our ears and our eyes to discern the understanding of the truth of your word. So, Holy Spirit, just guide us and teach us and bring us to the enlightenment of your way so that we can walk out and be prosperous full of knowledge of you and just know how to get through all our fears and our angers and everything that holds us back from hearing your voice. So Lord, we thank you. We honor you and we invite the Holy Spirit in, in Jesus mighty name. Amen. It's really important to know that we have been so blessed to have the Holy Spirit in us. That is such a blessing. The more I love it. It says when the veil was torn, the veil was torn. When Jesus died, it said the veil was what? Torn. And the veil was between the holy place and the holy of holies. The veil was torn, which means if we can tear our flesh, our, the veil is our flesh. If we, can, if we can rip our flesh 
we can get from a holy place into the Holy of Holies. There are two different places. We can get into prayer and we can get into the secret place, the holy place. But to enter into the holy of holies is different. You have to have your flesh torn apart. You have to die to yourself. And then God lifts you into the holy of holies. And in the place of the holy of holies is when you learn your real destiny. You see the vision of your real plan. And that's pretty deep because, you know, I want to get into the holy place. But now I really want to get into the holy of holies. But you have to be holy. Now, you know, we are all saints. Everybody in here is saved. So you are already a saint of God. You already are working towards what? Your holiness. All right. But God says it's going to be a process, but it's going to be through his victory. It's not going to be what you can do. The verse in, and, and you know, I love this because everybody who's in soul shifters that did the debt conciliation burning, this is a verse that was given out and it's Proverbs 10, 22. And it says, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich. It says, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now I want to open with that because I remember the first time I saw that verse, the truth of it, I, I saw the lie. I didn't see the truth when I first saw that verse because this lesson today is called blessing blockers. Blessing blockers is today's lesson title. Blessing blockers. The blessings of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, I used to think blessings were the things that were given to me. Okay, now don't get me wrong. Blessings are things that are given to us. But that was my first, that was my flesh looking at blessings are what th God, things God gives me, which are blessings. But it's not the true riches of it. The true riches of blessings is the other definition for bless means to praise. Blesses, blessings has to do with praising. Man, the true blessing that makes us rich is through our praise. Now, I like that. God said he's going to supply all our need. I mean, we got to trust that word that says he supplies all our need. We've got to know that he wants us to prosper. We have to get out of this thinking that we're supposed to be in lack, poverty, and debt. We're not supposed to be there. Okay? We only get into lack. We only get into poverty. We only get into debt when our veil has not been torn. That means we can know and we can enter into prayer. But if we're not breaking through the veil, which was already torn and done for us to enter in, it's already there for us to enter in. But he says there's an exchange that has to happen. You have to die to yourself and you have to have an increase of me. That's the beautiful thing about this chart right here, where that chart shows less of me, more of him. Less of me, more of him. We go from glory to glory. Less of him, more, less of me, more of him. There is actually a point that we experience through our walk that we have to die. And you're going to die more than once. Let's just start getting that together because I loved Robin's testimony last night. I thought it happened once. She thought she got saved. This is it. It's done. But it's not. It's part of the growing. There is a heartbeat that beats in all of us. And it is the Holy Spirit who wants to take over your mind. He wants to tear the veil. 
He wants to rip that veil so that you will start praising him. And we're going to do that song we just sang last. People should have been, I want what? More. I'm going to tell you right now, one of the things, this we've been so blessed to come into ministry that teaches us how to worship. Do you know you can't get into the next place without worship? You can't get there. You can pray all you want, and prayer is important. I'm not lessening it. I'm just saying there's a, there's a point. There's another place to get to. And that's, and in that, I'm going to tell you, I can see it. You can see it on people as they start growing. I know I went, I went through these first rotations so bad. I used to leave here crying because what was happening? My flesh was being torn. I didn't think anybody was nice. I didn't think anybody cared about me. That is how you feel when your flesh is about to what? Die. I can give you the clue. The moment you feel somebody just ignored you, you don't think that they're noticing you. You don't think you're liked. You don't think they're hearing you. They're not seeing what I do. You have just entered into your flesh. And that goes in your marriage. That goes in your job. That goes in with people. The moment you feel that, and I'm going to tell you something. The moment you feel it, let that person go through it. Because God wants you to get to him because he will show you a word that he's working on in your life. He'll show you the word. He's not going to clear it all in one day. So, I mean, this is one thing I love. He gives us tests, okay? And he wants our self to die and recognize we were bought with a price. Jesus Christ bought us with a serious price, his own life. He came and he did what the father instructed him to do which was to come down and to live on earth, to develop his disciples, and then to die on the cross to fulfill a law that we can't fulfill. We all have a choice. The word says we have a choice. You can live by the world's law. And guess what? God's not mad at you. God loves you if you want to live by the world law, but you will only receive according to that law. But then if you want to live under the law of the Holy Spirit, there is an endless abundance to receive. And he says in that verse, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich. How do you break through? You have got to bless him with your mouth, with all your heart. And then when you get that one instruction, that is like gold. That one instruction, you would give up everything you have if you knew what that one instruction was going to do for you. And we tend to still look at the world and say, I want what the world has. When God says, if you break and tear the veil, do it with me, praise me, I will add. He promises in his word, I will add no sorrow. And I'm going to tell you, if you want to live in the law, then in the law, you will experience what? Sorrow. Because that law will only fulfill the expectation you have in it. But with God, he wants us to expect what? The impossible. He wants us to expect the impossible. That's why I love the word about the word supernatural. Supernatural can be used in darkness, but supernatural can be used in the light of God. Because it says, you're going to believe what you're going to believe. And the enemy can convince you something is supernatural. But when it's gotten from the third heaven, when you break through the veil... There is no matching it. God is actually trying to bring us up into a realm that you recognize, I'll give everything for that. 
I will give every, and I don't know how many experiences everybody's had. I can just tell you from my own personally, every time he's asked me to do something that seems so outrageous and I do it, I can't, I could never go back now. I'm, I'm going to live out of the third heaven or I'm going to do nothing. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, love is still in me, but I'm going to stay on that path because I want my works to be out of the third heaven, not out of the second heaven darkness, which the second heaven is the law of the earth. Now we are called, uh, when we, when we bless the Lord and we get that one thing that he tells us to do, do you know you have to plant it into the earth? And the earth will produce what? A harvest? Because the earth is under the foot of God. God created the heavens. He created the earth. When we read the stories through the Bible, they're to motivate us to praise God in those things. Because they happened. And they were written. And they were there to motivate us to know he can part water. He can part water. Moses was told what to do. Moses did it. What happened? Can you imagine them walking through the water and just looking at the walls? You know what I mean? And he's saying, run. (laughs) He's saying what? Run to get to the other side. Because what was he going to do behind them? Close them right down and eat up those enemies. I'm going to tell you, it works that way. It works. It's such a good visual because that's how it feels when the tsunami is about to come your way. Everybody in here, this is the time to enter into rest. What do you do in the rest? You praise your heart out. Because during the rest months, because now we're, today is what? June 30th, right? Last day of burial. And I'm going to tell you, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, I mean, just being through this, this rotation doesn't change. It's, it's the same every year. This is the year that we were to teach it out so that you understood the movements. Okay. And I love it because people have had these, oh, hey, I remember when that happened. And they start looking at the calendar. Oh yeah, that was during that time. That was during this time. That was during that time. God has something of our flesh to die every year. And he starts showing you what it is, starts showing you what it is. And if you bury it then, and you start praising and worshiping him, you have entered into rest. Rest means you're not even thinking of anything. All you're thinking about is praising God. And then when things start to happen, he now, during the rest, everything's being put in place. Remember I said the rubber band stretches so tight, right? But then when you let it go, it gets back into its order. I want everybody to think about their lives right now. Your flesh has been what? Stretched, stretched, stretched. If you have buried what he has shown you in the stretch, every little Lego piece is being put in order. You can actually, during these next three months, if you've buried it, you can just start hearing the clicking. This is being put in order. But you can't do it. He does it. In your worship, this worship time of the rest is so important because it's where you get the instruction for the harvest. Do you you guys all get this? There is a time when the rest is done. And when there's a harvest, you have to go what? Gather it. I want you to think about this. Everything God has in the harvest, he still has to have somebody saying, now, now go reap that. Now go reap this. Now go reap this. Do you all understand this? There is a reaping, but there's going to be instruction. Where do you get that instruction? Third heaven is where you get that precious pearl that's going to tell you what to do. All right. And nobody else can tell you it. 
Nobody else knows that instruction. People may know what you have to bury. I, I mean, come on. Everybody has gotten something in here of what they had to bury. We've had the prophets come in during the right time to tell us what do we need to bury? What do we need to start thinking about? What is our next move? And then in that, and I'm, I'm looking at all your faces. I can hear Vaughn. I can hear all the prophets now. He did. They identified everything in us. Stop thinking this way. Start thinking this way. Da, 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 da. He cut and divided everybody. Okay, so now bury it. Don't worry about it. Don't think about that. Give it up to the Lord. And now do what? Praise him. As you praise him, he is cultivating a vineyard for you to be able to get the instruction for the harvest. And that's why this lesson is called Blessing Blockers. Because blessing blockers, there are things in our life that hold us back from praising God. And that's what I'm going to hit today. Because, you know, he wants to bless us with all the things that we need. He wants to bless us with abundance. But first, we've got to bless him by, by calling out from the true heart beat in us. Okay? It is beautiful. Zephaniah. I think I sent this out to um, Zephaniah. Hold on. Let me get this. Zephaniah. I got this for Mamie. And it was so good. Zephaniah. Oh, do we have the screen? <gasps> oh, we could really use the screen right now. Okay. Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 14, 15, 14 and 15. I'm going to read them out loud. If you have your Bibles. It says, now, God gave me this a couple weeks ago with an instruction of how we have to change some things in this ministry. And I, you know, I had told it to Jean about it. And, you know, it was good. We were talking about how we have to do the worship difference in the rooms. But then we go to King Jesus' ministry, slam dunk. It is on it. I got the full outline. It's like the rubber band snapped right in order. And I was like this, Chris and Tori will tell you. And I kept crying and I kept crying and I kept crying because he only gave me one piece. But when I saw it in motion, I knew it. It says we have to have joy in God's faithfulness. I'm going to tell you, there's the key. You, if you, the blessings of the Lord makes one rich. If you can praise and you can have joy in his faithfulness, even when you don't feel like something's happening, that's when everything is happening. And it says this, sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He has cast out our enemy. The king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. All right. There is something in everybody's life. You're not going to see disaster anymore. It could be a thought. It could be a behavior pattern. It could be a relationship. Whatever God's moving for you in this time, there is something that he says, if you will let the veil tear and you can't enter into my holy of holies, you will see disaster no more. But he gives instruction. He says, oh, daughter, what does he tell the old daughter of Zion to do? Sing, sing. What does he tell Israel to do? Shout. Now I'm going to hit something. 
When we enter into worship, the first phase, we have to do what? Sing. The second, we have to shout. Okay. This is what's hard for some. This is hard. This is, this is when you come, I, I'm going to use a testimony Robin told me. Robin told me a testimony that one time she came in here and she wanted to raise her hands. But something was telling her, don't do it, don't do it. Remember, Robin? And then she really wanted to. She started crying. She was crying. She couldn't lift her hands up. Because a, a, a blessing blocker was blocking her. A praise blocker. Think about it. A blessing blocker. A praise blocker was stopping her. She felt a force trying to do what to her hands? Push them down. And I, I was like, You're, she's going to break that. Well, I loved it. She came in desperate the next time. She shouted out. She broke it. And she finally did what? Raise her hands. See, God wants to get everybody into a next level. You can't get to the next level if you are not singing and shouting his praise. And that's not easy for all of us. Let me tell you, I came from a quiet place. We hummed the hymns. Mm. We didn't raise hands. You don't raise hands in the Episcopal Church. Come on. It's all, you stay clean and neat. You know, you stand, sit, kneel, and you make sure you look good doing that, right? But he tells us, we actually have to work up your gladness. You have to work up your rejoicing. You have to work up your praise. I'm going to tell you one of the things I loved in King Jesus' ministry, when they open up with their worship, they tell people, react, activate emotion, do something. He says, or the glory, you can be in the glory and it will pass you by. You can actually sit in the glory of God and it'll pass you by. Your gifts will still work. That's why we, I loved it. I was really getting this. Hey, this is why Gene really, I mean, I recognize our gifts are irrevocable, but they can work when you're in the glory if you're not in the glory. But you don't want the glory to pass you by. You want to get what you're supposed to get at that moment. But there's a blessing blocker. Do you get what I'm saying on this? A blessing blocker is going to do two things. Block your praise and block what's coming to you. Because if you're not going to let the veil tear, your flesh, boom, it's going to pass you by. And he still what? Loves you. And he'll say, okay, we'll restart this next year. <laughs> you delay. I say that cute because he never gives up on us. Think about, I think about how many years, if I knew this, how many years of stuff passed me by. Now I start laughing at the devil because he says he will give us double for our trouble. He really will take shame. He will take ashes and turn them into beauty. That means it is never too late. Faith is now. Faith can be gripped at any time. And you know what? It's so beautiful because selfishness is the blessing blocker. We have a page. Everybody has this and they're new and they're old. And before you leave tonight, if you don't have this, okay, then please get a copy of it because this is a list of all the blessing blockers. It's in your, it's in your book. It's been since the original one, but I'll get a copy for everybody. But here's what the best part is. And, you know, it says the blessing blockers. These are the fruit of sin. Sin means missing the mark of faith in Jesus Christ. 
Because if Christ is in your heart, we don't want to moralistically do, do what we fall to it by our ignorance more than our action. Because we don't, God doesn't want us to have a wicked heart. He doesn't, we, I believe everybody in here doesn't want to do something wrong. There is nobody in here who wants to do something wrong, but we do things wrong. Okay. So when we look at this list, it's all alphabetical and next to each topic has a verse. So if you tonight, everybody just make sure you don't leave with one of these. Tonight, I'm just going to read a couple off that I think are interesting. Being afraid, being anger, being, oh, having burdens, being controlling, being confused, criticizing, a crisis, daydreaming. Ah! <laughs> Come on, who in school was a daydreamer? That was. Okay. Feeling defeated, being depressed, being impatient. Having a hard heart, hatred, greed, gossip, gluttony, fear of rejection, fantasies, fatigue. Do you know fatigue is of the enemy? Fatigue. He gets you into that sleep zone. You have to be careful about that because there is times he does want you to rest. But you got to know, you know when that, come on, how many people have felt the Holy Spirit wake up? Wake up. Worship. That's how it sounds to me. Worship. Wake up. Yeah. And then you don't know why he's asking you to do that. But you all the, the two weeks before we went to King Jesus, I worshiped from two to five. Every, every, I was tired by the time I got to King Jesus. But guess what? I wasn't that tired. I loved how God was preparing me to receive. And he told me not to drink any coffee. I didn't drink any coffee for a couple of weeks before there. Because coffee, that, that time would block whatever God wanted me to receive. I drank tea every day. But he tells us even what to eat. Inferiority, insecurity, insomnia, loneliness, lying, mocking, pouting, pouting. Every girl loves to pout. Come on. Right? Partying. I know that nobody does that in here. Um, quarreling, reasoning, restlessness, withdrawal, workaholic, even working. We've set a change in this building. Everybody has hours. They work to those hours to get out of the building. We did. We changed it. We changed it a month ago. Right, Chris? We said, here's everybody's hours. Do not work any more hours. Don't come in here on Sunday and do extra work. You're not helping us. You'd be home with your family. We have set some lines to help break some of these things. Spite, stealing, strife, slow to forgive is a blessing blocker. Self-hatred. Self-pity, self-rejection, selfishness, um, vanity, violence, wanting to be noticed is a blessing blocker. Let me tell you, this list has every scripture that you need to meditate on. And now I remember the first time Jean gave, gave this out a couple years ago. I just went down. I'd say, okay, hey, the first one's abortion. But I'm going to tell you this. Abortion isn't just meaning a woman having an abortion. Abortion means what are you aborting that God has asked you to do? The abortion spirit in the United States is so strong because it's already taught people to give up on the plan of God. When we are thinking of self, God wants to start to experience in this class sonship. If you are here in sonship, then that means you are mature enough to experience your own self-deliverance. Okay, self, we are going to start these next couple months working on deliverance, but not because you come up and think a man is so holy that when they lay hands on you, that you're delivered. 
what I'm trying to get at is there laying hands is a time to impart. Okay. Laying hands is a time to help somebody break their sickness. God says you, we are able to what lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. Right. Paul went around to people laying hands to impart what? Right. To impart, to generate that spirit, to get them to go seek God. But we actually hit a level of our maturity that if we love God and we have truly seeking him, man, he'll show you really quick. It's the blessing blocker that's holding you back from blessing the Lord because he wants you to be what? Rich. And he wants to add no what? Sorrow to your experience. There is nobody who experiences God in the right order and then says, yeah, he did me wrong. You can't, there, that doesn't happen. Because if it is of God, no man can, no man can what? No man can what? No man can, right. No man can take away what God is going to do. You can doubt it, but that doubt will be what? A blessing blocker. There's the only thing that lifts up your faith is your praise. What lifts up your praise? Thanksgiving. What lifts up your praise? You said you were being calling out all the things of the past that he has been faithful to you. And you, and if you don't start breaking and crying there, that he wants you in a posture. Remember I said movement was about a place, a posture, and then a position. And see right now it is a very, if we're on burial and you haven't buried or don't know what you buried or you haven't received what you need to be doing. Like today is instruction. I'm telling you what everybody needs to be doing is to do what? Praise, sing, shout, remind him of how good he is to you during these next three months. And watch your mind, whatever the, bless, whatever the blocker is, is going to start to dissipate. Your doubt will dissipate. Your self-willingness will dissipate. These things, anger, fear, they'll all start to dissipate because you're opening up the wave. For heaven to fall right on your earth. Man, every time I experience it, I know it. It's generating. I'm on a move. I'm on a move now. Whatever. I know what I had to bury. And it's buried. And let me tell you, God blessed. He blessed us to go to King Jesus ministry to get the measure that we need to help everybody get to their harvest. See, that's a beautiful thing. It's not about who went or how it went or anything. It's just about the headship in this ministry connected to another measure of it because they're ahead of us, but we're not behind. Does that make sense? That's good that we, it says, Hey, Jesus came to be the first, what apostle. Then he had to do what commission 12. And then what did they do? They had to commission others. That means through the development of our growth, you always are going to be under a, what a leader. An apostolic leader who's already gotten ahead of you. We're all apostolic. Don't ever sit here and think, I'm not apostolic. No, everybody in here is apostolic. Everybody in here has an apostolic call, whether it's managing money, whether it's administration, whether it's being one of the fivefold. Everybody has an apostolic call that has a strong apostolic power. And I love how Gene moves very sensitively. He really gets what the person's call is. And he focuses on that development for that person because that's where God's going to keep blessing you. The more you break through whatever's blocking you, 
It is so powerful when it says, hold up your shield of faith. I always think of Sheila. <laughs> hold up your shield of faith. Okay? To block what? To block the things that stop you from blessing him. Your shield of faith is put right on. You already wear the helmet of salvation. He has saved us. Okay? So our mind is actually, God already has angels protecting your mind. But when you put up that shield of faith with confidence of Christ in you, then, oh my gosh, watch as when it's time for the receiving, when the opposer comes, it's like, yep, whatever, yep, whatever. You've got your shield that is quenching those fiery darts from knocking you from receiving the blessing, the fullness of him in you and the things you need to do your next assignment. I praise God because selfishness is a weakness because we're born what? Human. There are people in here right now. I can, I can look at each one of your faces. Some of you are extroverts and some of you are introverts. Okay. Now I love this because everybody thinks I'm an extrovert and I am a introvert. I, I, it's so terrible how much I'm an introvert. To get me to be in front of people and to do what I'm doing, you know, God had to seriously break some blessing blockers. He had to really get me to even, I went through the same thing. I didn't want to raise my hands. I didn't want to like anybody hear my voice. Thank God Jeans raises the music because it gives me the freedom to what? Scream <laughs> out, shout out. There is a shout. I'm going to tell you something. When it says Israel shout, Israel means a matured Christian. Israel is somebody who's already wrestled with God. Already had that moment with God. And now, you know what the word says? Wicked Israel. It does. I wrote it down. This is one of my morning things where he wrote down about wicked Israel. Wicked Israel. I like that. The wicked men. Houses of deceit. It's in Jeremiah. Wicked Israel is somebody who's already experienced God and then decides to use the power of God for their own gain. That is wicked Israel. How do you know a wicked Israel from a real Israel? The true Israel does what? Shouts out the praises of God. If you are connected to anything that has to do with self, you can take that shield of faith and not put it in front of you. You might as well just put, you are blocking, you are blocking, you are blocking. Because your voice, if it's deceit, it is hitting doubt. It is hitting fear. It is hitting perversion. It's hitting self-willed. It's hitting, and it's not going anywhere. The only way to break it is through a heart of thankfulness, a heart of faithfulness, a heart that really, really, really knows that they're weak. Because in a weak heart is when you'll call out. See, we sit and we want checklists, the extrovert and the introvert. The extrovert Here's signs of an extrovert. We're going to, you guys are going to decide who you are right now. An extrovert is a person that is weak-willed. Weak-willed. An extrovert. You think they're strong, right? They, they think they're so strong. They convince everybody they're so strong. But it really comes down to making a decision. <gasps> I don't know what to do. I'm weak-willed. Okay? Now, I like that. An introvert, I like it, can make a decision. An introvert. Now, I'm not saying it's always the right decision. <laughs> But an introvert's looking the whole time, I got my answer. You know what I mean? But, okay, so an extrovert is also very self-sufficient. They walk into a room and they've got it all figured out and what they're going to do, right? 
An extrovert is restless. They can't sit still. I love it. I'm talking about all our evangelists right now. <laughs> all our evangelists are, you know, sometimes an extrovert is very cruel. How many of you met a very outgoing extrovert and they have just teared you up? Tore you up, tear you up. We'll go with the veil on that, right? They're very egotistical and they, that, they usually, they are emotionally more unstable because they've got to sell themselves. They tend to have a hot temper and their main source, you see them angry. That, that, that's the main target. The main target. Who gets really angry in here? I mean, it's really hard to get me angry. Even before I came into Christ, Gene had to put me in a room with four people to try to get my anger risen. For He wanted to see where my pinpoint was. And it was hard. He said that was really hard to get you angry. He really loved it. And when I did, it wasn't even that bad, but I did say something that wasn't nice. <laughs> But that is self anger is selfishness. Anger is selfishness. All right, the introvert. Here's the introvert. An introvert is moody. Because why? They're holding in their things. They're more moody. They're more sensitive to that. They are very self-centered, but not to the public. All they do is analyze how are they fitting in? How am I doing this? They don't step out. They're always concerned, okay, who's going to hurt me? I mean, I know I'm an introvert. I mean, I, I, I mean, my moodiness would never be to the public, but it would be with myself inside. All right. An introvert is very critical. I'm giving you the negatives of both. And because we already know the positives. There's positives. But an introvert is very critical. They usually are, have you ever seen somebody check somebody up and down? Check you up and down. And then they're nice, but you see them checking you out. Okay. That's a good sign. They're thinking critically. An introvert is very pessimistic. Everything is, ah, ah, ah. Let me tell you, you put a strong introvert and a strong extrovert, and they feel defeated with each other. Do you know what I mean? Because that person's way in the clouds, and this one's way down in the earth. An introvert tends to use teasing. They can easily pick and tease, pick and tease. An introvert is stubborn. They don't move from their position. That's what I'm saying. That is good in the body. If you know a word, I know I'm an introvert. If I know the word of God and that's the word I am in, you're not going to move me. If God's revealed it to me and I know what it means, it's not going to change me. You're not going to change me. I cannot move. But an extrovert, remember, extrovert has sometimes what? A hard time standing on a word because the whole time they're thinking how they can do it better. And then an introvert, believe it or not, an introvert may be not weak-willed, but they can be very indecisive secretly. They can make that decision in the public. But deep down, they're wondering if they made a mistake. Okay. Does everybody know who they are? Okay. And you can flip-flop between two. And then these are extremes. But let me tell you what an introvert has the most. They don't have anger. Most introverts are not angry. But they are fearful. They are fearful. They fear the change. So now look at this. God is calling us to tear the what? Veil. Because he wants to bring us into another level of the Holy Holies. When he brings you in the Holy Holies, that means he wants to show you heaven. I'm telling you, every experience I've had lifted up in heaven is because something had to be teared from me. And I could feel the tearing. Hey, when Rachel graduated from high school, I was laying in a fetal position for about five hours after her graduation that day. Because something was what? Torn from me that needed to be teared from me. It needed to be done. And I just laid there, and I know Gene was texting me, and I was like, 
I'm fine. I'm good. I, it's something's just, I'm going through it. Do you know what I mean? And that was May. May was a time of what? Burial. I was, God used that graduation to bury something in me. I'm going to tell you, we are blessed if you have a conflict, a trial, or a trouble that is working you. You are blessed because that means God's trying to tear the what? Veil. For an introvert, he's trying to tear out fear. For an extrovert, he's trying to get what out of you? Anger. Are you feeling this? Is this good? And this is what we have to hit. We have to hit anger is selfishness. Fear is selfishness. So now here we go. Characteristics of selfishness. And then I'm going to give you characteristics of unselfishness. Characteristics of selfishness. Impatient. Unkind. Proud. Stingy. Suspicious. Self-seeking. Where is my self-standardness? Inconsiderate. Demanding. Hostile. Now, I think that there's nothing. This is human nature right here. This is human nature. We are all born and we all have this to a level. You can all look back and think of the time you were impatient. You were stingy. You were self-seeking. You were demanding. You were hostile. Okay, but now how do you know every year to go from glory to glory? And you know you've been lifted up and he took something out of you with unforgiveness, shame, and rejection. Things that block you from getting ahead. You become more patient. Characteristics of unselfishness is patient. Come on, kind, sincere, generous, humble, polite, trusting, gracious. So we have to think God is changing us from glory to glory to go from one set of list of characteristics to another. All right. He says he is the alpha and he is the omega. And what he starts, he's going to finish. It only stops when you stop. When you stop seeking him, when you stop lifting up your what? Praise. How do you know there's disconnection in you? Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're meditating on the word, that's good because that's part of a relationship with him. If you're praying, that's good because that's part of a relationship with him. But if you're not trying to break the next layer, you can't break the next layer without sound. Okay? You can't break that next layer. Now, Vaughn said something that was really deep to me and I talked about it this morning. Vaughn said up in the holy, up around the throne of God, they hear the prayers of the saints. That's the first thing they hear. The second hear, they, the second thing they hear is those people speaking in tongues. All right. The third thing that they hear is the groanings. The groanings, which is the most, Vaughn said, is the most powerful. Okay. So think about it. We can be praying to God, but if I'm not breaking the second atmosphere through sound, right? then I'm not getting, I mean, my prayers are getting there. But then if there's next level intensity of breaking the sound, God gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord showed me this so awesome. When we have already been told what we are to do, and it's in Isaiah, I think it's 1128. When we are already told what to do and we don't do it, 
And then we're in that period where we're really frustrated. How many people have had that frustration? Like you kind of know what you're supposed to do, but you don't know what you're supposed to do. And you kind of have backed away from really kind of like praising and worshiping God. And then all of a sudden it just hits you and you just, that you break out in tongues and it feels like a fire that takes you over and then calms you down. How many people have been there? Okay. That's a gift God has given you because he knows you don't understand. It is a gift to help you not to say what your mind really wants to say and that you'll speak it in his way. I am telling you, the second level up in the throne is hearing the tongues crying out from his people because they don't know what to say. He actually protects you, Carrie. When I love it when Carrie told me, you can be so angry and you know you're not supposed to say something. And so what comes out, Carrie? You start speaking in tongues. I'll never forget the first time I was in a car with Carrie. And this man was being really, remember this car? We were in this parking lot. Carrie was new in the office. And you could feel the devil off this man. We park up against this car. And this man is talking to me meanly. Remember that? All of a sudden, Carrie breaks out in tongues. (laughs) And I'm like, I am feeling the darkness. And I'm feeling Carrie. I'm feeling the darkness. And I'm feeling, but I wasn't afraid of him. You know, not that Carrie wasn't, it has nothing to do with that. Carrie was actually trying to break the stronghold of how that man was treating me because he didn't understand it. He probably didn't even understand why I was sitting there taking it. Do you know what I mean? Because the real Carrie would want to say, you stop talking to that. (laughs) Carrie could have, Carrie could have, we need to talk, right? But see, God did not want that. Instead, boom, the Holy Spirit kicked in. Carrie started speaking, right? Do you see what I'm saying? breaking, but not saying what he really wanted to say, because God loves that man that was yelling at me. God loves the people. He doesn't want our anger and our fear directed towards people. He will stop you and the Holy Spirit will activate and prevent you when you're in fear and when you're in anger. When you're in fear and anger, he puts that. How many people have experienced that? I'm not saying it. This is all biblical. Okay. So now the next level. When Romans 8.26 says, there is a groaning. Okay. There is a place that when the flesh gets torn, you fall to your knees and you just groan and you rift in pain. How many people have experienced that? You just rift in a pain. Now I'm going to tell you, now you are breaking the second heaven. There's a place in our worship. We are to be broken like that. I get like that almost every day crying. When we were at this conference, was I not in brokenness the whole time? I was broken the whole time. I could not get the one day they had to come. We're talking about thousands of people and they came up to me, the ushers. Okay, you got to go now because I was stuck on that floor. Remember? I was, how long did it take me to even get out of that? Hours. Because I, you could feel the masses of the people. Let me tell you, every inner scar of fear and anger that you have have been placed in you to break you. You hit a point, your breaking's not for you anymore. It's for the people that need. It says, when Vaughn said that, it took me when Vaughn said that. When the groanings become so great, man, it says it's one of the strongest forces. It breaks open the heavens. Man, when we praise him, we praise him. We empty ourselves of our self. 
So there is something in your introvert or your extrovert fear or anger that holds you back from getting into that most holy breaking place. I'm going to tell you, I got to use Mother's Day. When Mamie said, Lee, we need to do something. I said, yep. And then I was kind of seeing mothers. And then Mamie said, oh, this is the mothers I saw. And I was like, great, Mamie, I'm into this. Tell me what you think, right? Well, then when we were hitting close to it, Mamie's like, oh, no, you, you know, I think you have it, you know, but she started it. See, Mamie was the start. I went and I broke myself before God for God to tell me what he wanted Sheila to hear, what he wanted Brenda to hear, what he wanted um, Emily to hear, what he wanted, who were the other two, Charlena to hear, and who was the other one? And Weta. I'm going to tell you, and I know God gave me accurate voice for each and every single one person, but I had to break. I was broken the whole day. I was broken when we came out here. That brokenness cried out. And then talk about when you hear, when he hears the cry, he will not deny you the word you need. Okay. I'm trying to get into a level that I think is really deep. Only praise when you praise thanksgiving, when you praise faithfulness, the, you feel the breaking happening. When you are pressing in like that, you can start breaking out in tongues. That's great. That's the, that's, that's the next step. You start praying out. Then what comes? Tongues. Tongues can come to break something you don't even know what you're breaking. It, and it's something that you probably do know, but you don't know. So he does that. He loves it that you, that is moving. But then when you actually get into the broken spot, that's the next level. It's a very deep going deep. And I'm going to tell you, every scar that each person has in their body, every scar of everything God has put you through is so that you'll go to that place. But when you realize it's not about you, you're not crying about you anymore. You're now, you're just broken before the Lord because that's how good he is. Then there's... I. I'm going to tell you, it says, if you are in me and the word is in you, there is nothing that you cannot ask and I will not do for you. I've experienced that. And it happens like that. Not all the time. I don't do it perfect all the time. I'm just telling you what has marinated in me over seven years. And I'm not, like, I don't even think, when it happens, I'm still. Oh. You know, when we got into a place where the glory hovers like that, oh. <laughs> I mean, and it intensified, and it intensified, and it intensified. And I was trying to ask God things. But it's awesome because we have to, God wants to fix us first. I want to say that I taught a teaching that challenged everybody. It's not about us. It's about him. But first, he's got to fix what? Us. The first row, man, they're so innocent on the first row. When that lost person becomes born again, and he is working out his salvation, he is so innocent. There is... I mean, he's just starting to, his gifts are being activated. But on that second row, the row of rebellion, we call it. We call that the row of rebellion. That means you got some, you got some gifts working. You think you're something. This is awesome. And then pride of yourself starts fluffing up. And then you don't think you have to go to a next level. That's what we, that's what we see on that level. People don't think they have to break a next level because they think they're doing everything Good. When you get to a place that becomes comfortable, beware. You're building up strength to get into another realm. Okay, how many people want the next realm? We want the next realm because God has treasures. I'm going to tell you, if you don't make it to the next realm, let's say something, if something happened to me and I died tomorrow, 
and I didn't make it to all the rounds I was supposed to, guess where I'm going to be? Heaven. He's going to finish what he started, and Lee's going to be happy. <laughs> I, there is no disappointment when anything happens to me because he does finish what he starts. He just wants you to keep like Robin taught. Keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Now, what's my time check? Because I have... Okay, here we go. How to overcome selfishness. Ready? How to overcome... I want everybody to meditate on this instruction because the Lord is going to be teaching. Gene is going to be doing a teaching this Saturday. I don't want anybody to miss it on how to break through worship into different realms. So he's going to be teaching on worship. The next Saturday... I'm going to be teaching on breaking self. Okay, we're going to start working on breaking self, getting people to that place because these next three months have to be about what? Your rest. In your rest, all you're doing is praising and worshiping. Man, he's already heard your prayers. I don't, how many people sometimes think that they've said a prayer and they've given their petition and they got to come up with another creative way to do it? You know what I mean? I laugh because you don't have to come up with another creative way to do it. He says, now praise me, rejoice me, thank me, find the faithfulness in me and call it out, call it out. All right. So here, overcoming selfishness. One, replace selfish actions with generous service. Okay. Now this is your test. Ready? Weta is going to go to work tomorrow <laughs> and she's going to, Come right up to somebody who challenges her flesh. And whatever they ask, she's going to give it to them. Because she doesn't want to give it to them. Weed is a good giver. But uh, come on, Weeda, there's still people that drive you crazy. Right. She's in a building full of people to challenge. Okay. Yeah. But there's going to be a person that's going to, her first, come on. Our first reaction sometimes can be, talk to the hand. When we don't want to deal with somebody we don't want to deal with. I'm going to tell you, when you feel the talk to the hand come up, do them good. I don't care how you feel. Find something to bless them, even if it's a dollar in your pocket. You find something, and then you watch the deflate. Now, when you do that, shift. Okay, two. Ready? So, you're going to replace selfish actions with generous service. Hey, I'm going to tell you, you can even go in your workplace and bring somebody a cup of coffee. You can go down and say, let me go get that for you. And they're looking like, come on, we've been there, right? Okay, if you have spouses, which is a part of this room, a very small part of this room. (laughs) We got one, two, three, four people with spouses. If you have spouses, do something for that spouse that they do for you. Do something for that spouse that you wouldn't want to do. Okay? I'm thinking about it. Even if it's putting toothpaste on their toothbrush. Here you go, honey. That just hit me. That just hit me. So somebody needs to be putting toothpaste on somebody's toothbrush. All right. Remember, I don't write my ever side notes. They just come to me, right? All right. Two. Two. Practice giving generously. Matthew 6, 3 to 4. We don't have the screen, but it says, But when you give to charity, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your deeds of charity may be in secret. So look at Practice giving generously. You want to see something? I found this in my Bible when I got back on Tuesday. In it was what? Money. I have it in my wallet now. 
But in it was money. Now, I'm going to tell you, people give to me, but this person gave what? Silently. They, gave, they practiced generosity, and I have no idea who's. I have been trying to figure it out. I said, Francis, where was my Bible sitting on Monday and Tuesday in the office? Because I didn't pull my Bible out Monday night. I used another Bible. And I opened this one up Tuesday night, and there I saw it. Now, come on, isn't that cool? Okay, that meant something to me. I loved it. I, I mean, all I can say is those things work. Was everybody here when I gave the testimony when Chris gave me $10? Did everybody feel the piercing in the air? Because that he did the, Chris replaced selfishness with an action of generous service. Because he said, a woman shall not have money. Ugh. Or be without money. But did you feel, that hit everybody. That was the supernatural power of God that hit everybody because it's one of the ways we overcome selfishness. That man only had $20 to give that day. He didn't, and he needed his full 20. All right, so that's one, two. Practice giving generously, but do not let the person know who it is. I want testimonies on this. I want you to actually do this. It doesn't have to be money. It could be something so small of yourself. It can be something so, but you just do it. You can even put a soda on someone's desk. You know what I mean? And they don't have to know it was you, but you took the time to note what was their favorite. Okay? Number three, <laughs> give love, right, to your partner and family each day. Colossians 3.14 says, and above all these, put on love Enfold yourself with a bond of perfectness, which binds everything together completely in ideal harmony. Okay? The word says he wants us to bond the perfectedness of love. So I think I already gave that in the other one. But if you have a partner, a business, whether it's a marriage, whatever it is, you need to give love to that person. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about Hey, I love you. You give them something, and usually when they don't, best testimony in this was Drew and Kim. Drew and Kim have gone through so much deliverance, but I loved it. Kim's feeding the baby, and she's mad because Drew's been out all day. She wants somebody to take care of the baby, and she's not even looking at Drew, right? And Drew gets on her shoulder, and he looks at the baby, and he goes, Mills, I love your mommy. Love cast out all fear. Love conquers a mold. And what does she start doing? She starts laughing, even though she's so mad at him. Oh, she was so mad at him. And then, but he kept speaking the word of love, even though he knew she was so mad at him and he was ready to take the licking, whatever she was going to yell at him. Because what happened? He canceled out the negative and he replaced it with the positive, making a perfect wholeness right there with Mills, her, and he did it. When he chose to say that, he defeated the enemy that was about to explode through her. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful testimony. Number four, memorize. Memorize this verse. Philippians 2, 3, 4. And incorporate it in your life. It says, do nothing from, factu do nothing from, factual, from factual motives through contention. That means through contentious, strife, selfishness, or unworthy ends. That means don't give evil for evil. Don't do it. 
Don't say, they did this to me, I'm doing it right back to them. Do not prompt by conceit or empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowless of mind, let each regard the other as better than the superior to himself, thinking more highly of the other than you do yourself. I'm going to tell you, we witnessed that at King Jesus Ministries. Those people got the joy of faithfulness. They got the joy of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, it's not about lifting up a leader. The leaders serve the people. Everybody serves there. You could go in the bathroom and you just have people handing you towels. It's not waiting in line. Everything, Everything moves quickly in that building because everybody's serving everybody. There is there is no there is order in where somebody's role is. Do you know what I'm saying? We have a we're all crowned with a role in God. But each person knew how to serve the other person so their role could be accomplished. Do you get the difference of that? I that's where I don't I don't really like the word leadership so much. We're we're all leaders in what we're called to do in the apostolic movement, but each leader has to serve the other leader or the other person, their role, to help them succeed in their role. Okay, you know you're in selfishness when you start looking at someone else. They they think they got it. If you're saying that to somebody, you better start serving them because it's really you think you got it, and they don't got it. It says, let not sin therefore rule as king in your short-lived perishable bodies to make you yield to its cravings and be subject to its lusts and evil passions. That means when you get angry, are you fearful? Just cut it down. Do not continue offering or yielding your body members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but offer it, yielding yourself to God as through as though you have been raised up from the dead. Now think about this. Man, you feel a raising coming from the earth up when you do something for somebody you can't do. You feel it. When Chris gave me the $10, did everybody feel that? That was exactly that verse. Can you, he was off yielding yourself to God as though you have been raised from the dead. Man, when you take that step that's greater, you actually feel the rising of the dead that's in the person in front of you. Man, the, the word said we can lay hands on the sick and they will what? Be healed. And we can also what? Raise the dead. We raise the dead every day by our words. I've seen it. I know it. I can say something to somebody. I can feel death and raising happening in seconds. It says in Psalms 101, you'll see it. A puff of smoke will come up out of their hill. And you know, if they stick to it, love does conquer everything. Because when we have to serve one we don't want to serve, ooh, and I know God tests that in marriage. You know, you got to look at that same person every day, right? So we are to help raise the dead. No, I'm serious. I mean, I was married once and I didn't make it. <laughs> now I'm married to Jesus, you know, but I'm telling you, meaning I, if I knew what I knew now, I would never have gotten divorced. I would never have said the things I said. I would never have had the thinking I would say, because there's power in this word word. And the power is you not being the victim, you raising the dead in the other. I want everybody to meditate on that. We are called to raise the dead in another. We are to call the dry bones into life. We are called to add flesh to those bones. 
We are called to help develop somebody into the true life of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's not in systems. It's not in systems that we have to know order, that we have to know the difference between order and we have to know difference of a system. You've all came from a church where you, it was all systems and you all died there and you were crawling in here looking for life. We have life because we have order, but we're not trying to fit you in a system. We're trying to fit you in a body. Last one. Oh, last two. Give yourself to God to help others. And the last one, six, practice being kind. Ephesians 4.32. And just to let you know, I'm going to read them again. Number one, replace selfish actions with generous service. Number two, practice giving generously. Matthew 6, 3 to 4. Number three, give love to your partner and family each day. Colossians 3.14. Number four, memorize Philippians 2, 3 through 4, and incorporate it into your life. Number five, give yourself to God to help others. Romans 6, 11 through 13. And then number six, practice being kind, Ephesians 4, 32. Becoming useful, helpful, kind. And let me tell you something, when you get into that place, when you get into that place, you really are going to change people. But see, this is when we have to recognize that the only way to gain to the next level is our flesh has to be torn. We actually have to die to ourselves. We die more every year to ourselves. I don't want anybody to look at it as a competition race to another person. Because God already has your life planned out. You just have to know what is the one thing he's asked you to bury this year. Bury it. The gold mine comes at the end of the year. The gold mine comes if you'll just praise him. So we're going to do one activity really quick before we leave. That song, I Want More, Chris. I Want More. We're not going to do the whole song. But we're going to do a couple verses and we're going to practice No, no, no. The last song we just played before we got started. I want everybody to put their things down, and I want everybody to stand up. Tori, if you can turn the lights off. I want more. Do you know the song? Oh, Set a Fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because remember, when we cry out and we shout out, come on, we are all, everybody's been through a wrestle with God. So you look at yourself all as Israel. And you are going to shout out these words. Okay, I know everybody in here can sing. But can we shout out? Okay? So we, I want to practice because it feels good after you do it. It feels good after you get the practice in motion of it. Okay. Yeah, and now I want everybody to close their eyes. I don't want anybody looking at anybody. Because it's about you and God. And I want you to think on the Lord. I want you to think on the Lord. And then when I ask you to raise your hands, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands at a certain time. And then I want you to shout out, I want what? More. More. And then let it build in your spirit. But do not look at anybody. Keep your eyes closed. Okay? Because it's not about, it's not about us. It's about starting to break that blessing blocker. I don't want anybody in here, their minds blocked to calling out for more. 
He wants to hear that you want more. So, all right, Chris, you got the song? So everybody, just want everybody to think right now. And whisper the words if you know it at first. That I can't contain, I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Lift your hands. Lift up your hands. That I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you. Lift it up. Lift your voice down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Louder. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want to say I receive. I receive you. I receive you. My soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. Say I receive you. I receive you, God. I receive you, God. 
and a fire down in my soul that I can't get say. Now say, I receive you, God. I receive you, Lord. You, God. Say, I receive you, Lord. I receive you, Lord. Set a fire down in my goal. Say, I receive you. Say, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. Now say, I receive you. I receive you, Lord. Say, I receive you, Lord. I receive you, Lord. We receive you, Lord. We receive you, Lord. We receive you, Lord. Lord, I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul. Thank you, Lord. No, that's good. Praise the Lord. See, when we hit a point where I whispered in a few people's ears, and I said, I said, you hit a point when you say, I want more of you. I want more of you. And your eyes are closed. And you're not worrying about your atmosphere. And you say, I receive. It starts to break you. So I had whispered to people, just say, I receive. Just say, I receive. Just say, I receive. And when you start doing this, what I do at home. I say, I receive you. And then boom. That's the cry that hits the people. Okay, that's the cry that hits the throne room of God. And see, there's a way of bringing in. Do you all feel it? Okay, and see, this is what the Lord has taught me. And now he showed me a greater increase at at King Jesus. And he even told us, don't be afraid to usher it into the people. Don't fear. Let it come. 